Hi, this is Pete Heffron from Shed Cafe. You're listening to the Real Reading Podcast. Hello. Hello! I'm Hugh Ford. I'm Jenny Slevin. And I'm Tom Canning. You always forget that bit, don't you, right at the start? <laughs> it's my cue. It's the only cue. It's a great start. Uh, welcome to episode 18 of the Real Reading Podcast. We're recording this on Monday the 14th of May, and this week our special guest is Pete Hefferon from Shed Cafe. If you want to get involved in the show, you can follow and write to us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod. You can look us up on Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast. And if you're able to, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, as well as the interview with Pete this week, we have all of the usual features, including what we've liked and Fort Explains It All, which this week, Hugh, is about... Swimming pools again. Again? Again. Again. It's about the uh, campaign for a 50-metre swimming pool in Reading, which is growing rapidly. Good. Well, we'll we'll talk about that in a little while. Um, in the meantime, just before we get going um, on this rather shambolic start to our podcast, <laughs> which we haven't it's got a time. Monday morning. It is, and we haven't got time to re-record it, so we're just going to go with it. Shall we? Um, we, I, I'm away next week, so although we're going to record a podcast this week for next week, so there will be a podcast. We are hoping to do a little segment, um, having sort of nostalgically thought about it for the last few weeks about driving tests in Reading. Reading's one of the main driving test centres in uh, Berkshire, I believe, and um, I think we all took our tests there. Some of us did more tests than others. I took many tests there. <laughs> you too, I imagine, took your tests before the Black Boy Roundabout was created. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Wow. Uh, yes, well, we... I didn't I didn't find it that difficult, but I certainly had the fear of God put into me <laughs> by everybody else who had failed their driving test on the Black Boy Roundabout. Oh, I failed yeah. much more spectacularly in... in in more embarrassing circumstances. I think um, I think in, in in keeping with the tradition from the last podcast, I think we'll leave that for a cliffhanger. Yes. For, so if you want to we find out... We'll go into it, listen, next week. If you want to find out what happened to Jenny on her driving test, tune in next week, as she would, says. Would you like me to, to go back through my memory banks and see if I can find the, the reason I, fi- I failed six tests each reason? If, would you, you have them written down? You forgot your name at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> I'm not sure you're going to be able to remember... Have you got them all written down? I have got them all written down, although I do have, I think, still all have the certificates somewhere in, in my position. Please, can you, you find them? certificates for failing? You get, the, you get, the, you get the, uh, the bit of paper, don't you, which shows you what, what they've marked down, I think. As you know, Jenny, it's the taking part that counts. I'm not sure that's true <laughs> It's called a test for a reason. Okay. Well, if you can, if you can see if you can, if you can see if you can find them, that would be amazing. I, well, think I can probably remember. I can certainly remember. So I can certainly remember one. <laughs> okay, cliffhanger. Yes. yes. No more on that for now. Yes, no more. That's it. Um, okay, so on to what we've liked this week. If all those cliffhangers don't get everybody's taste buds tingling for next week's podcast, I don't know what will. The listenership's bound to spike. I think. Oh, absolutely. A detailed list of all the times I felt my driving <laughs> test. Oh, what, what, what else can people want? Well, hopefully, some of them are quite I funny. Expect, I expect I'll be called up by aspiring authors wanting to make a film of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, talking of so that'll be that'll be what everybody else liked next week. This is what we've liked this week. So, Jenny. Yes, on Friday, last Friday, uh, Get Reading helped launch the Pride of Reading Awards, which, if you don't know, is an annual awards ceremony uh, that we are involved in, we've been involved in for many, many years. It used to be run by the Reading Post before paper closed. Um, And it celebrates 
everyone and everything that's brilliant in Reading, from emergency service and health workers to volunteers to businesses doing great things in the community, um, children who are courageous beyond their years, um, just so many. There are so many wonderful things to celebrate in Reading, and, and this award ceremony is a, is a really good. Uh, kind of excuse to, to do that and give them a big pat on the back and a big cheer. So nominations are now open. All the nomination details um, are on the Get Reading page on In Your Area and there's a, a nomination form and details about all the categories and we'd really love to just hear all of your stories about the brilliant people in Reading and, and the wonderful things that they do. So if you do know someone who deserves some special recognition, get on Get Reading and have a look at the Pride of Reading nomination form and send send your nominations in. That's great. There's always some really nice moving stories, isn't there, of, there of some just real tear jerkers as well. Um, some of the things kids get up to and some of the things they suffer through. There really is some... Um, uh, some some really really moving stuff like that. on slightly lighter note I assume we'll be nominated uh, I'm sorry you personally yeah. no as a the, podcast. The podcast yes oh right I think we yes what do we... <laughs> I'm sorry I'm going to have to look back through the categories and see if that's possible <laughs> so if we can create a specific one yes with only one thing we can be nominated for mind you we aren't the only podcast anymore so we're not even a shoe in for that no. no, no, we don't Sorry. want to set ourselves up for a fall. No, the real Reading podcast, the yeah, the real Reading podcast award for podcasting greatness goes to someone Somebody else. else. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hugh, what's yours this week? Well, this is very exciting because Reading is uh, now the home of a world record. Wow! As of the weekend, and it is an eating world record. Fantastic! Well. Um, you and I used to sit around watching Man v Food all the time, which sadly isn't on anymore, is it? No, it isn't. It's very. Uh, uh, actually, it is. There's a new version of it with a okay. different, with a different man, uh, okay. whose name is Someone Kate, else Casey. Casey something. To give himself a heart attack. <laughs> yes, who's yes, volunteered to take on the task. American very, very, cheese, very, very bad for you. <laughs> um, so yes, man versus food is back, and the eating challenges have become very, very popular. I believe Jenny took part in one the other day. I failed spectacularly. <laughs> is that mission burrito. Yes. Okay. But um, someone's completed it now, very impressively. Um, I think he took about an hour. So, well, well done to that chap. Very good. <laughs> so this this fellow is a uh, clearly his 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 big thing is to set eating records. Um, he is called Adam Moran, and he's from Leeds. He's known as Beard Meets Food. Uh-huh. Meats spelled like meat. Okay. Um, Which meat? Uh, you can't say that sorry, on a podcast. Et, like meat. <laughs> Meat, uh, like a roast, roast meat. Okay. Right. <laughs> Sorry, meat smell like meat. <laughs> um, he he licked his lips. That's what the. That's what we I were. I think I need to remind everyone again that it's Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> his accomplishments including e- including eating seventeen Big Macs in an hour. Wow, which is pretty good going. And prodig- he also holds the records for the most chicken McDonald's chicken nuggets eaten. As well, but in Reading, he was here um, at the weekend and had set the record. There was no existing record for him to beat, but he has set the record for the most doner kebabs eaten. You may have seen the uh, new doner kebab shop in Friar Street that has recently opened. He was there and he was eating their kebabs. And um, we don't know yet how many he ate, unfortunately, but um, I'd wager it was a fair few. Um, <laughs> 
we'll have a story on story up on on his achievements by the time the podcast comes out with all the uh, all the information. But I just really like the idea that Reading is the home for the record for the most kebabs. Eat. Great. How many kebabs do you think you could eat? I struggle to I, eat one these yeah, days. I don't really like them, particularly since I gave up drinking about ten yeah. years ago. I, I feel that the, the only way you can eat a kebab um, is when you've had ten, at least ten pints. Mm, I Although they, these ones are um, they're, they're slightly more upmarket than the um, yeah than the, the ones you get when after a skinful. Um, <laughs> yeah, they do look a bit fancy, don't they? They've got special secret sauce. They've got special secret sauce, and apparently they're they're quite a lot healthier. Right. I don't think you can get anything more unhealthy than Donna kebab meat, but this. Um, I don't know. Big Mac. Well, seventeen Big Macs would have been an interesting experience, I'm sure. Yeah, I wouldn't have. Well, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I find with McDonald's that you eat a Big Mac and then an hour later you're hungry again. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I wonder you, if he needed another one. So sort of seventeen <laughs> hours later. Yes, is that how it works? <laughs> so see, growing up, growing up as I did in uh, in Bracknell, which is the home of the kebab van, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about KFC because no, no, no. the, the KFC in Bracknell. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Bracknell is um, is well known, certainly locally anyway, for its kebab vans. They're just absolutely everywhere. And you go out for a, f- a few pints, and then you'd end up with a kebab on the way home, and just a whole load of regret. Oh. See, I like a sober kebab. I remember uh, a few years ago, I went out on a on a nighttime patrol with Wokingham Police, and uh, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't drinking. I was sitting in back in the back of a police car for most of the night, kind of just taking notes about what they were doing. But on my way home, I was like. Definitely kebab time. <laughs> one o'clock. Yeah. I was sober. I had a kebab. It was delicious. Lots of chili sauce. I think they're probably quite nice. Even I, I think I have had the old one sober, but I want it all the time. One of our colleagues had one for lunch the other day oh, in the he office. Did. He did. <laughs> shocking. It was shocking, but yeah, it looked. It did look quite nice. But um, so, what was this man's name, Hugh? Adam Moran. Uh, and yeah, he is from he is from Leeds. So he had he had to eat um, as many. Uh, 350 gram kebabs as possible in half an hour so I can't wait to find out how many no, that was yeah I've no idea I mean I'll, I'm going to guess 10 really I would say between 10 and 15 so he did 17 Big Macs in an hour in so. an hour mm. I'm, I'm going to say 7 yeah okay we'll find out we'll find out we will find out another cliffhanger oh <laughs> This is getting juicy. You just you wait next week. The uh, <laughs> the, the roundup's going to be really, really, really poor. Tom, what um, have you liked this week? Oh, thank you for asking. I thought you never would. Um, we usually just do it. Yeah, true. Like you needed some prompting. I took part in the second ever Prospect Park Park Run. Apparently, it's called Prospect Park Run, but Prospect Park Park Run. Um, it was great. Uh, it was three laps of sort of what felt like a quarter of the park because the uh, fair's there and there's some other things. Oh, there was a car boot sale as well, so it's difficult to actually run around the whole thing. Um, but it was great. It was the second one. I think there was over 150 people there. Um, it's the first park run in that part of Reading, which I always get confused. Is that East Reading or West Reading? That is... East is Tilehurst, isn't it? No, West. It's <laughs> <laughs> <This is> dreadful, <laughs> it's, sorry. It's West Reading, Sorry. So normally, because normally anybody that wants to take part in a park run on Saturday morning, a park run is a volunteer run event where people go and run is it th- 5k, 5, 5 kilometres, yeah. 
um, at any sort of pace they like. And Jenny, you put me onto this mostly because mm-hmm. um, you went to the Reading one, which is down at Thames Valley Park, and then the Woodley one, which is over at Woodford Park. Woodford Park, that's it. Um, so I, I've now done both of those, and they were they were great. But this one is right on my doorstep. So it means I don't have to get up even earlier and drive what seems like a short journey, but actually takes half an hour across Reading. Does it really take half an hour? It really does. Even then, even at that time of the morning. Um, And it's, yes, so it was great. It was running around the field. It was big, wide paths. But I think the best thing about it was that um, because the whole route was so wide, because it's obviously on a big open field, um, the anxiety of being passed and getting out of these fast runners way was much much less because I just kept, just ran at my own pace and people were like half a mile the other side of me it was Fantastic. great so it was really good and I can think that that is only going to get more and more popular that one so um people have been asking for it for a long time haven't they? yeah I think especially so. um the Thames Valley Park one kind of emigrates to Dinton pastures during the winter, yeah which is even further away yeah so th- this is this is great it's, it's going to be it's going to be I think it's going to be really really good for that side of Reading um, and they do suggest that you don't drive you just walk or or cycle or whatever and it's a great way to start the weekend I think and I really enjoyed it and I did my third fastest ever time good for you so that was good as well um okay Thanks, guys, and, and thanks for me for that lovely chat about Prospect Park Run. Um, they have asked to come on the podcast, so we'll see if we can get them on at some point. Um, now it's time for Fort Explains It All. So today we're going to talk about swimming pools. Um, we took, we spoke about the the project that Reading Borough Council um, has in, has in place, which would lead eventually lead to two twenty five metre swimming pools being built at Palmer Park and um, at Rivermead Ledger Complex as well. Um, but since that announcement, um, a movement has started in Reading um, called RG Fifty. And the, the idea for their campaign, essentially, is for is for instead of having two twenty-five meter pools, you have one fifty-meter pool. And this is the aim of this is to have a very very high quality um, facility in the town for which would ultimately benefit very serious swimmers and lead to future Olympians and uh, give give those people who want to swim that seriously the what they need to do that that swimming yeah. and diving as well to have to have the facilities um for for the future tom Daly's of this yeah. world to to do their uh tucks and pikes i believe they're called <laughs> <laughs> so um, 50 meters that's an olympic standard isn't it it's an olympic length swimming pool i believe so yes, yes yes um and the the campaign they've got a petition going, which now has more than two thousand names on it, and uh, so there's lots of support. They've had support from um, the former Olympian Adrian Morehouse, who I remember winning a gold medal in 1988, um, and he he is in support of that. Um, Kate Skelton. Kate Skelton, yes, yeah, the synchronized, who was a synchronized swimmer, I believe. Um, is also who uh, trained, who, who grew up in Reading and trained at um, Central. Central Pool, yes. Um, she is also uh, very keen on the idea of having this this kind of super pool, if, if you will, um, for 
for the uh, for the very the swimming clubs and the diving yeah, clubs and yeah. all that sort of stuff to to do their to do their uh, to do their thing. Um, the council hasn't ruled it out. Uh, obviously, money yeah. is going to be a big issue, but also there is a logistical issue as well. In that, if you have two pools, you can have one at either end of Reading, and so the people who would used to go to the Arthur Hill pool would use the one at Palmer Park, mm-hmm. and the people who used to go to the Central pool would would be easily able to access the one they're going to they want to build a river meet so if you have one pool in at either of those locations or another location it, it means that whoever people who want to go to have to travel we all know the traffic yeah. issues and you know the buses very good and there's all that it's it wouldn't be an enormous issue but it's not particularly um uh fair to those people who've lost the pool in one area to to say here we go we're going to have one pool now in this yeah. in this area so there, there might be that aspect of it um another option is potentially um to have a 50 meter pool and a 25 meter pool again yeah. money 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 um but the council is looking to prove to appoint a provider that will run run it the pools on its behalf um at some point in the future i think it might be next next year it's quite a long process I think um, and that provider would be responsible for the current pool at Rivermead and the pool at yes. Midway so, Centre as well yes yeah, so everything that already exists as well as the new facilities whenever they get built and whatever they are um, so the council will sit down and, and say look there's this there's this movement towards a 50 metre pool what's the chances of it how easy are they to run? How easy are they to run? How much do they cost? And what do they need to be built? Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. All that sort of, all that sort of stuff, infrastructure-wise. Um, and I suppose the other thing to consider with this is if you have one single fifty-meter pool aimed at swimming clubs, yeah. top-level swimmers, where does that leave the people who? Want to who want to go and do a few yeah. lengths of a smaller pool, or yeah. take kids, or sure. or um, yeah, even just children swimming lessons, like a fifty meter pool right yeah. for a small child. <laughs> 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 Don't you see that's been, been I, like being in a lake? My uh, my my one experience of a, of a fifty meter pool. I, I used to be a lifeguard um, back in my youth, and and. I went and did one of my qualifications at Crystal Palace, the the sports centre at Crystal Palace, and they've got a 50-metre pool there. Now, bear in mind that my entire life had been spent swimming up and down 25-metre-length pools. To suddenly then go into a 50-metre pool and you have to, you're have you dragging someone along or you're swimming, trying to swim as fast as you can to save someone. Or you're trying to rescue a brick wearing pyjamas. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you yeah. wearing pyjamas, yeah. not the brick. Not... <laughs> Where would you get brick pyjamas from, Hugh? <laughs> There's a gap in the market, clearly. <laughs> um, but you'd be swimming along. You swimming along. Your your mind and your body is attuned to at 25 meters, doing a quick turn and going back. And you get 25 meters in, and you realise you've still got 25 meters to go. And that is quite disheartening, and I, I didn't like it at all. But there we go. Um, that was my anecdote on 50 meter swimming pools. I've got one. That's it. <laughs> so, so yeah, this this is a um, it's a really positive. Thing to yeah. be campaigning for, I think. I think to to have these these sort of top level 
um, professional facilities in Reading would be a really, really good thing to have. It's definitely something we should be aiming for as a town. I think so. I think I think what you said before about like you know yes, let's have a fifty meter. Let's also have a twenty five meter in in an ideal world. I think as you say, then you've got all bases covered there really. But is there any idea where this fifty meter pool would go? I mean, my assumption would probably be Rivermead because that appears. It's a larger site. Yeah, it's a big old area because the car parking, of course, is going to be the major issue, I would think. Yeah, yeah. And um, no is the answer. There's no, no, we haven't got to that stage yet. It's, you know, once, if the council and its provider are willing, then then we'll see where it can go. I'd be quite surprised if they, they went through a third, for a third site. Yeah. Knowing how little land there is in Reading to it to um to expand on i mean palmer park and rivermead are both existing leisure yeah. areas anyway with with land um there to identify a new site do you remember the um the the the, the site for the travelers yes um they had huge problems finding that land. Yes, that, I that remember. Was the only and this bit of was land in this the was the same with the bus as well, wasn't it? With um, yeah, the, with, the homeless bus as well. Yeah, there, there just isn't. Yeah, it's free land everywhere. Is so the council own, does own sites, and I maybe they can sell somewhere and knock and knock something down and rebuild it, but that's a huge maybe. I, I yeah. don't know. Um, so. You would think that, that if the bigger pool was going to be built, it would be built on one of its yeah. sites. But then they, they potentially have a twenty-five meter pool as well, or not at all. So, yeah. so this is a very interesting one to follow. It's not going to be any time soon. This this whole pool thing is, um, you know, yeah. well established as being a very slow process, mm-hmm. and the council has been criticised by a lot of people for closing pools without any having too much idea of how of when they might. Reopen new, new, better pools. You know, no one's craving Reading Central Pool to 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 be brought back. But um, I think people having nothing, having the Reading Central Pool, which is old and decrepit, and then having nothing for at least two years, it's not ideal. So you mentioned to us before as well that uh, is it Bullmash is closed as well now. Bullmash, yeah, Bullmash is closed. That's just that's that's just over the the border in uh, in Wood in Woodley. It's very it's really quite near to. To um, to East Reading, and uh, I imagine a lot of the people who went to Arthur Hill probably would would consider Bullmersh as a, an option mm. to to go to rather than tra- travelling across town to go to go to the pop up pool at Rivermead. But that's another one that's going to take a while to yeah. to replace. They're they're a bit further along the Reading Borough Council in the fact that Woking Borough Council last week submitted the planning application for the new Bullmersh Leisure Okay, Center. yeah. But um, this has been in the pipeline you know, for quite a while. That still needs to be approved, and then I imagine they have to put it out for tender, and then they have to yeah. build it. <laughs> I, I would guess that we would, would reopen before Reddings, but yeah, um, it's like you say, it's further down the line. Um, they've been planning it for a lot longer than Reading have been planning there. So it's an interesting time for swimmers in Reading that potentially could get um, a lot of new good facilities um, it's just the main thing with this is when yeah and whether they'll be what they want okay thanks you um, that was that was great um, if anybody's got any feedback anything they'd like to say on the swimming pool issues um, we'd love to hear from you um, now we've got a pre-recorded interview with Pete Hefferon from Shed Cafe 
Roll the tape. Hi everyone, I'm here with Pete Hefferin from Shed Cafe, which is on Merchant's Place, uh, and that I think is just off Fry Street, is that right Pete? Yeah, that's right, yeah. How are you doing? I'm good, yeah, I'm really good, yeah. And you've been, uh, you've, been, you've been telling me you're stood in front of a toasty maker all day, which sounds delightful. Yeah, it's nice, it does get hot in that kitchen, I have to say, um, so it's quite nice to be in an office environment <laughs> for 10 minutes. Even if it is a little sweaty office. Yeah, it's lovely, beautiful <laughs> office. Yeah. No expense spared here. So, uh, Pete, tell me a little bit about Shed Cafe. What is it? Where did it come from? So, we're a sandwich shop primarily. We we started in 2012 and we took over from another sandwich shop which had been there for about 15, 16 years. And it started off um, in the times when if you wanted a sandwich, you had to go to a sandwich shop. Yeah. So, in those days, there there weren't sandwiches in supermarkets and things like that. And, And what we've done is we've taken over and we've taken all the lessons we learned from the previous owners, uh, Chan Chan, and sort of brought it, or our own sort of take on it. And over the last six years, we've kind of made it into like more of a sort of bespoke sandwich bar restaurant yeah. type thing. <laughs> I, was, I was in there the other day. It's quite a tight little space, isn't it? But it's, it's really quite, quite a nice little atmosphere. Yeah, it's really small. So it's in a, a re- very old building, which used to be a blacksmith's. And the kitchen's about as big as your average kind of downstairs toilet, you know. It's really, really <laughs> small. It's like George Clark's amazing spaces. Yeah. We've got cupboards everywhere. We've got... And, and what we do is we we run around and trip over each other and we do... We make... To order, we make sandwiches, toasties, salads. We've got fresh soups every day. We've got hot and cold drinks. We've got coffee, all this... All the kind of stuff you'd expect... Yeah. Um, and it's all it's all made to order and it's all fresh in house, so it's a bit of an undertaking. So what about uh, what about your customers? Do you do you have a lot of the same customers all the time? Is it or is it, yeah, it passing trade? I think because of where we are, we're sort of tucked away, sort of behind uh, like Nando's and the NCP yeah. car park. You kind of marvelous looking NCP car park. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's in my top five car parks. Fantastic. In the um, <laughs> yeah, so we sort of rely on people coming back. So when mm. so when you come and see us, we kind of we do our best to give you the best kind of service, and if, if we can, sort of remember your name, remember what you had, yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, so it's very informal, quite friendly, a bit like a sort of a bit like your sort of grandma's kitchen, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, it, this would be I would be a terrible employee for you because my short term memory is absolutely appalling. Well, yeah, so is mine, unless you're ordering a sandwich. And then oh, really? We, yeah, because I I. I could see you on the street and not recognise you at all, but I might be able to know what you had for your lunch two weeks ago. <laughs> Which is always awkward when you just told the wife that you weren't going out for yeah, lunch yeah. because you bought your own sandwiches with you. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Everything's private, shared. We've got a non-disclosure policy, so you know all sandwiches are kept kept, <laughs> kept private. That's another thing we do. So, how do you? What's, what are your? Uh, what's your favourite sandwich? What's your? What's the favourite concoction that you've come up with? Well, actually, my favourite sandwich we do at the moment was in by one of my staff um, and it's called the tuna turner 
it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, there are a few kind of stupid sandwich names, I have to admit. I'm going to need a list of them. Uh, later. <laughs> but, um, so she was eating a tuna melt toasty, but it looked a bit different. And we said, what is it? And she'd put sundae tomato puree on the bottom. She put tuna, cheese. Then she put jalapenos and red onion and toasted it. And it's absolutely gorgeous. It's like butter. It's so delicious. So that's my, that's my top one at the moment. And because it's hot, it kind of cuts through the hot weather. Yeah. It's, you know, there's never a bad time for a toasty. That's why. I, I, yes, we, we went down to the Cheese Feast Festival yes. uh, recently. Yeah. And they, I think I went straight for the toasty bar. Yeah, there was a big queue outside that one. Yeah, when I went the, in. I, the toasties look great. Yeah, it, that whole thing was a real success, I think. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, Tell me a little bit about the building that you're in, because as you say, it's, it's quite an old building, yeah. and I know um, you share it as well with Milk Bar upstairs, don't you? Yeah, so yeah, we do, and there's so so it's a big long building, and we have uh, our side of it is a cafe during the day, and then at night it's a, a cocktail bar, right? And a, um, so they they're a separate company. We're all good friends, yeah. And so when we're sort of cleaning up, they're setting up and chopping limes and making syrups <laughs> and doing their sort of chemistry yeah. stuff that they, they do for cocktail bars. And then the middle section of the building is um, a piercing shop as well. Okay. So that's, so, and I think they do tattoos now. Oh, okay. So, and it, it used to be a blacksmith, so it's, you know, a big, old, gorgeous building. Yes. Yeah. been saved from demolition, I think, a few times. That certainly rings a bell. I mean, um, have you ever thought of uh, the nighttime market, cheese toasties, whilst drinking cocktails? Because I think yeah. surely there's some sort of fusion there. We have. We've done a few things. We did We did um, some bar snack meals. Yeah. And um, we actually also started a business with Tim from Milk Bar, a joint business called Deutsch Dogs, where we imported hot dogs from Germany and we yeah. sold them with sauerkraut and oh, wow. proper mustard and stuff. And it was brilliant. They were really nice, but we were just so tired. By the <laughs> we're getting in at seven o'clock in the morning, yeah. and then you're not leaving till ten. And, my, and actually, most of the people that had gone to Milk Bar, we kind of it's kind of a night spot. It's not yeah. really a dining no place. And I think in order to make it work, we would have had to. Uh, well, I don't know what we'd have had to have done, but it was fun while it's like lasted. <laughs> but at the moment, we're just doing food until sort of four or five o'clock, and then you have to drink after that. Excellent. No, no. So, I mean, of course, there's there's a there's the German beer bar around the corner, yeah, it, up by uh, the Broad Street Mall. Yes. Uh, now, anyway, who who cater for any German needs as well? Yeah, and they certainly cater for my sausage yes. uh, requirements. I'm a, I'm a big fan of um, big fan of the Pratverse myself. So. Yeah, I think most most people most well. That's probably not true. <laughs> I, I am too. I'll yes. Say that. Yeah. So um, when you're when you're popping around Reading, when you're out and about, what yeah. what what sort of um, food food places do you do you enjoy going to? Um, I've I was speaking to my partner, my um, business partner, and my wife Lydia the other day, and we realised that we have we tend to go through phases. I think yeah. a lot of people do. We had a year where we pretty much only ate at the bakery house on London Street, which is if anyone hasn't tried it. You've got to give it a go. It's a Lebanese restaurant. Okay. I say so. So there's the Contour Lebanese, which is in the Oracle, um, which I think might be a chain. This one's a more right. of an independent kind of version. Really great. We also went for a year 
only eating at Beijing Noodle House, another <laughs> fantastic place. Um, a restaurant called Boge, an Indian restaurant, I think, yes. recently closed down. That was that was next to the German beer beer place, wasn't and it? And it, it has, has closed, it closed yeah. down. I believe so. Yes. Although there is a restaurant with a very very similar menu and a different name <laughs> in town. Have you noticed? that? I haven't. No, we'll have to go and I'll send someone I'll t- out to I'll, investigate that. Off off air, I'll send. I'll, I'll, send <laughs> I'll tell you the thing. See if it is, see if it is the same chef as I suspect. Um, yeah, um, where where else? I mean, I do, I've got nothing against a, an Oracle chain. Yeah, I've, I've 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 had a Pizza Express from time to time, Excellent. and I've enjoyed it. I'm not embarrassed to say <laughs> so. But like in, in terms of like yeah, you know, independence in Reading, it's it's getting better and better, isn't it? There's yeah, a lot, of, a lot of things going on. I think. Um, yeah, there's absolutely no shame in in going to a going to a chain or something like that. You you enjoy what you enjoy, and I think most of the time that's that's what most people do. I mean, we we've seen when we do reviews of TGI Fridays, for example, yeah. the, the, it's read by thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, and and a, and a news story on something a bit more independent maybe doesn't get as much focus. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't do either or or, yeah. or not visit both and each thing has this very specific um kind of market like um you know these big chains they kind of you kind of get what yeah. you know what you're going to get and and it, some some of the smaller independents are more exciting more yeah. um you know unpredictable perhaps because you might not have been before and some people love that and some yeah. people kind of want that most of the time and every now and then you just you know, want to spend a bit less and, or a bit more, actually. <laughs> yeah, depending on, on which way you go. I mean, I, I remember, um, I, I believe uh, that Shed Bar, is, Shed um, Sandwich Bar, is uh, directly responsible for the Explore Reading website. Do you know this? I did not know that, no. Um, Claire Slobodian, who's the editor of Explore Reading, was on our podcast yeah. probably 10 weeks ago. Right. And she said she had the idea while standing in the queue at Shed Bar. Amazing, and, and does most of her work in Shed Bar. I'm gonna to have to double check this now to make sure it was true. She... Fact check Claire actually does a lot of work for Explore Reading at Shed Cafe, but the idea for Explore Reading came while eating paella from I Love Paella. She definitely comes in, yeah, and she's we've sort of she's been really vocal on the internet at sort of plugging our business, which yeah. we really we really appreciate people when they do that because it kind of makes you feel like. It's worthwhile, you know. So yeah, it's a lot of there's a lot of worry and hours work that go. Uh, yeah, I can understand that. So yeah, she's been great. Like she's we've we've got a lot to thank um, Claire for. Yeah, I mean, for example, we wouldn't have the worst sandwich bar in Reading on the podcast. So you're obviously doing something right. Well, I, although if you did have the worst sandwich bar in Reading, I would be one of the first people to read that article. Okay. Be, yeah, I love that sort of thing. <laughs> I, I lo- yeah, I love it. So just to finish off, Pete, um, yeah. obviously, are you, are you from Reading? I'm from Reading, yeah, born and bred. Excellent. What is your favourite thing about Reading? That's really, really, really hard. Well, I th- <sighs> my favourite thing about Reading is, the, is, I think, the town, a town's a town, isn't it? And it's buildings and it's... And it's businesses, and it's people trying to basically take your money off you and stuff. And you can, you can feel better about giving your money to different organisations and different sets of things. But you kind of wouldn't stay here if it wasn't for you know your mates and your, yeah, your family. And so I would say, it's it's people. I think Reading Reading people in general 
a very sort of down to earth, not too friendly, not so friendly that it makes me feel a bit sick <laughs> to my stomach, and actually don't take any nonsense from anyone. So yeah. I kind of, I res- I like reading people, um, and you know, young and old. So I would probably say, well, as much of a sickening answer that is, <laughs> I'd probably say the best thing about Reading is all the people that I know. And, you know, we have we have really great customers, and and uh, that's what makes it worthwhile doing the all the you know standing in front of the toasting machine. Yes, <laughs> and a twenty four degree summer day. Pete, thank you very much for coming in. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Shed Cafe. Uh, he, he was great. Um, last week we alluded to a little bit of a cliffhanger that um, Pete was in a band and now is time to reveal the band that Pete was in. Um, Jenny, I think, would you like to do the honours? Oh, do I get a drum roll? Was it Take That? <laughs> yes, Pete was in Take That. He was the eighth or ninth member of Take That. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Never like- forget. <laughs> Potentially, no offence to Pete and his bandmates, but Tommy may have oversold this a little oh. bit. No, 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 no I don't think fair. so. That's not fair. Pete was in a very good band. They were, they were very successful. They're called Pete and the Pirates. See, I know that Pete and the Pirates were successful because I've heard of them, and I'd heard of them before Pete mentioned them to me. And you'd never heard of bands before. Yes, but my musical knowledge is so weak that for a, for me to have heard of a band. They must have been quite good. No, they were quite good. They went on support with a, you know, they were that that kind of typical noughties indie sound. They appeared on the Inbetweeners a couple of yes. not them personally, but their music <laughs> appeared on the Inbetweeners. Um, I think we found out earlier on today as well that um, there was a film with Steve Coogan in it called Hamlet Two. Yes, and their biggest song. Mr. Mr. Understanding, Understanding. which seemed quite... We we had a listen, it was quite nice, we liked it. Yeah, I I think we recognised it, didn't we? It also appeared on the trailer for that film. Yes. Um, And they supported bands like Vampire Weekend and Maximo Park. Um, So yeah, they had had a good run. Yeah, so I I spoke to Pete, I was a bit nervous. I wasn't sure whether Pete liked talking about it or liked people knowing about it. So I I asked him and he said... um, I'm always talking about it. It'd be nice if someone else did. <laughs> so here we go, talking about Pete uh, Heffern and Pete and the Pirates. Did we decide if he was Pete from Pete and the Pirates? Yeah, he is. He is Pete from Pete and the. Yes, cool. There's not another Pete. No, so there, he, there were two Pete. He's a guitarist, but I think originally when the band started, he was the frontman. Okay. Um, this is what I've I've learned from watching watching Pete and the Pirate <laughs> music videos all weekend. <laughs> we thoroughly thoroughly Yes, we really did this. Not not often, but this time we really did. Just this part, of yes. It, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you want to talk to Pete about his his band days, if you want to have a lovely cheese toasty, then um, oh. pop down to Shake Cafe or peanut and, butter on toast. Or peanut Their butter on toast. So good. It's a so lovely little place. It's a little hidden away, um, and there's a really expensive NCP car park behind it. But it's a really nice little place. Yeah, don't park it. Don't park. Don't park NCP. Cafe yes. <laughs> Next week we reveal that NCP are our new sponsors. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this, anyway, that was really good. Go, go pop down to Shed Cafe. Um, it is now time for the random question. Hopefully we've got an answer this yes. week. 
I don't know if anybody noticed. Really struggle with this segment. <laughs> we had to we had to put a pause on it last week, and I don't know if anybody noticed. I put the uh, TikTok little sound effect in, so it sounded like it was it's like we were playing countdown. Yes. <laughs> so right. Q, do you want to, uh, who picked last week? I can't remember. I think you picked last I week. You yeah. picked this week then. Picking one from the I Love Reading mug. Thank you. Let's see what does it say? It says something in Reading you don't understand. Jenny. I don't understand why people are allowed to park in Caversham Road. Um, I live in Caversham, and when I'm driving into Reading, I go along Caversham Road, so I go over Caversham Bridge and along Caversham Road. And there are people parked kind of in the left-hand lane. There aren't lay-bys, it's just in the left-hand lane, there's parking lanes. And then, so then you have to change into the right-hand lane, but very often you can't change into the right-hand lane because there are people, drivers, trying to turn into one of the right-hand side (laughs) streets. And it's... It's a really busy road, and I just don't understand why people are allowed to park on it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's really annoying. She's visibly angry. <laughs> it's gone very red. Very red. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tiny bit. Um, so yeah, that's what I don't understand about Reading. Sorry I, yeah. to go on about the traffic. It's fine. It's fine. We we talked down Hugh from doing a traffic-related one as well in the. Uh, I've got. Another, I've just thought of another. In one. the brief interval, <laughs> um, Hugh, what have you got? I've got two. Um, the first one is the existence of uh, a casino stroke arcades in Reading. There was particularly one in uh, Fry Street, um, which used to be called Shipley's Arcade, and then was called Silver's Amusements, and it's now called... Admiral Casino. Admiral Casino. I've never seen anyone go in there or come out of there. I'm just totally puzzled by how it, how it has remained to be there in that capacity for so long, and people have changed, bought it, and given it, <laughs> revamped it. Presumably, people must go in there yeah. because it must be a functioning business. But we don't know when. But we, I have never seen anyone, anyone in there. It's, it's baffling. It's a bit like um, at motorway service stations. They always have a little casino, like a little amusement yes, room. Yes, they do. Just yeah. in case you, you're driving along the motorway and you just have that urge to, yeah. to, to, to lose gamble. We've got to stop. I need a gambling place. <laughs> <laughs> I just stop for a espresso normally. Yeah, well, yeah. Stick a, stick a pound in a fruity, as they say. Oh, we went to a fantastic service station. This is a tangent. Yeah. They had Harry Ramsden's fish and chips. There. Yeah, they're they're a lot of places yeah, now. That? There's a few of those now. That's your favourite. That's your favourite service station, isn't it? My, I don't. Yeah, maybe. Tom's got like a list of ten. Yeah. There's definitely a top ten. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Hugh, you said you had a second one. I'm yeah. a bit loath to do this, but let's it's, let him It's very second. quick. Okay. It's a, well, you can why, always cut it out. I think I don't understand. Um, you might have noticed this because you live nearby. Is that there's a, a speed camera in uh, Southcote Lane as you come off Bath Road, and it's next to a, a chicane, and it's also um, where the buses you know buses are only allowed to go down yeah. there for certain times of day. And generally, to have a speed camera there is completely ludicrous because it's impossible <laughs> to go. In, anything like 30 miles an hour down there it's been there for years and I don't know why no one's ever thought this is a complete waste of, waste of time we're never going to catch anyone speeding I would, I'd imagine the amount of people caught speeding on that camera is zero because it's, it's right. time, time, time for an FOI yeah, we're going to have to find this out ok thank you those were some great random question answers this week um, what about you? 
I don't take part in this because I'm not. From, you're the quiz master. I'm not from Reading, so I just set the uh, questions. You, you guys. You're in Southgate now. Yeah. You work in Bracknell, yeah. so apparently that's a reason Doesn't to count. get out of it. Yeah, yeah. Lots of things I don't understand about Bracknell. Shut up. Yeah. But how you get that that weird that weird roundabout where you had to go left to go right to oh, south down yeah, to South beauty. Hill Park. It's yeah. a thing of beauty. Absolute. There are a lot of roundabouts in Bracknell. We love roundabouts. That's why I know how to use them. We could have a right turn here. No, no, no. Send people left and yes. then have them go all yep. the way around and through oh, the two four lanes of great. traffic. It's yeah. great. It's, it's just traffic know. management. These, these people must just get bored. <laughs> they must be like, right, we could have a very sensible option, but let's not. Roundabouts are amazing. I will hear nothing against them. They're better than traffic lights. Yes. Oh, good, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, we have to did solve the Reading traffic problem to turn off a few traffic lights anyway, according to some, some people. On the well, internet. now we've got now in Bracknell, now we've got traffic lights on all the roundabouts. We we all believe that as well. Just turn the traffic lights Sometimes off. Sometimes they're not on, though. I had a really scary moment the other day where I just went onto the roundabout and I was like, oh my goodness, I think. But the traffic lights went on because they were only on at peak time. Yes. This was. So, um, I was just driving by for a This will be the Birchill one. This will be the Birchill or Great Hollands. There's a couple yeah. around that area that have, um, have peak traffic lights. Yeah. Um, events, Jenny. Yes, uh, as I mentioned last week, Caversham Arts Trail is going on again this week. There are potters and printmakers and silhouettists all taking part. Um, so have a look at, I think, like, what did I say, 17 different venues opening yes. up the Caversham Arts Trail. So it's happening on Saturday and Sunday again, 11 till 5, I believe. Um, there's a massive event happening on Saturday, uh, apart from Harry and Meghan's wedding. Um, is it the FA Cup final? The FA Cup final. Or the yeah. FA Cup final. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Great British Gin Festival. Oh, yes. Town Hall. I believe your wife might be going. She may be. I don't, yes, I'm not sure. Um, Are you going? No, I'm not. Hmm. I have plans. I've been invited to the wedding, so... That's not true. I know it's not true. I'd stand up and sing that It Should Have Been Me song. Just like screaming at Harry, It Should Have Been Me. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first time we've ever got her to sing on the podcast and we've been trying that for ages. (laughs) That's pretty pretty good. Do not edit that out. No, it's not going to. The reason I know that you're not going to the royal wedding is because you'd have told us it before now if you were going. I don't know. I'm the mysterious person. You're not. Open, <laughs> open book. Are you the mysterious girl that Peter Andrews? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, Gin Fest this weekend. Gin Fest is at Reading Town Hall. Um, it's 1pm uh, till 10pm. Cool. There's going to be a hundred different types of gin from all around the world. So if you do love your gin, get along to that. Um, as I mentioned, it is also a certain couple's wedding this weekend. Um, if you're not going to Windsor, there are going to be several street parties in Reading, so take a look on Get Reading to find out whereabouts those street parties are happening. I think there are about four or five in Reading um, this weekend. And there's also going to be a couple of big screens put up, I believe, cool. in Reading Town Centre so that people can watch it while they're Great. doing their shopping, presumably. Shall we talk quickly about our, our brilliant royal wedding story we had this week with the guinea pigs? <laughs> oh, I did love this story. Go on. Uh, two little girls from Towhurst <laughs> who regularly attend a little animal sanctuary just outside of Henley staged a royal wedding <laughs> with 22 <laughs> guinea pigs as the bride and groom <laughs> and the vicar. Well, he wasn't a vicar, he was a pope who was wearing a pope hat. I just remembered the guinea, the guinea pig, pig pope. The pope hat. <laughs> and there were guinea pig guests. Um, 
The animal sanctuary also apparently has a couple of rabbits and some ex-battery hens. So I don't know whether they were involved in the ceremony or not. I've uh, not been able to get to the bottom of that. But bless their hearts. So sweet. <laughs> the pictures were amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, just very quickly, there's also, um, I've mentioned one of these before, there's another family wild day at Lewes Cops Park, in the, uh, Lewes Hill Cops in the D Park area. That's Saturday from 11.30am to 3.30pm and if you are a bargain hunter there is a general and motor auction at Bimby and Shoreland in Great Nolly Street and that's happening at 9.30am that uh, lots open at Bimby and Shoreland. Great, have you been to one of those? I haven't. I haven't. I'm going to try and sneak Maybe along. Maybe sneak along. Yeah, that'd that be great. See, I've heard. I've heard the guy when I've come in a bit late one morning. I've heard the guy doing the auction. Oh yeah. That car park. The car park next to there gets completely full. Yes. When they have those beds, and you see all sorts of extraordinary examples of people squeezing into parking spaces, <laughs> which aren't really parking spaces. And, uh, <laughs> and get there early, then. Yes. Get there early. That's your tip. Um, um, I think that's everything. Thanks, Jenny. That was great. Some good events this weekend. Um, thanks, it's been a really good podcast this week. I've really enjoyed it. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Um, if you want to get involved in the show, you can follow and write to us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod. You can look us up on Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast. And if you're able to, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes. Apple Podcasts, not iTunes. It all makes sense. Um, and if you know anyone who you think would be great to interview for the podcast, please do let us know. The only prerequisite is that they must live or work in the town, and most importantly, they must love Reading. That's all for now. We will see you in a week. Bye! Hi, this is Pete Heffron from Shed Cafe. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.